0: My other half, my precious nail, is in bed with the flu. Yeah, so do pray for him. He's been pretty pretty ill all week and is still in bed at this moment. So we'll do think about him, but he will be with you and he sends his love to you all. Anyway, it's great to see you. Let's just pray before I start. Lord, we, we welcome you here. We welcome you, and in our own lives again. Lord, I just pray as you'd use my words, Lord. Come speak to us as only you can, amen. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to the book of Ruth. I love it when people are smiling at me, thank you, Tom. (laughs) so nice so encouraging over the next couple of weeks in the lead up to Advent can you believe it it's Advent in a couple of weeks we're going to which looks ahead to the coming of Christ we're going to take a look at this short book which in so many ways like Advent points ahead to the coming of the Messiah And as we don't have time to read it all this morning, can I encourage you to take time in your week to read it. It is four chapters, and it's a wonderful, wonderful book. This week, I am going to try and give us all an overview of the whole book, and then next week, we'll look into some of the key themes that emerge from it. So firstly, by way of some context, The book of Ruth, in essence, is a story of God's interaction with one family as they go through a really, really challenging time. There are all kinds of difficulty in this short book. There's grief, there's loss, there's famine, there's loneliness, there's patriarchy, to name but a few. But there's also all kind of hope, friendship, loyalty, faithfulness, kindness, redemption, and salvation. And it's all about seeing the ways in which God's story of redemption for the whole of creation is at work. Even in the midst of extreme challenge and tragedy, but also how God is at work even through the seemingly mundane routine of our day-to-day lives. According to the Talmud, it was written by the prophet Samuel, although the book itself doesn't tell us who the author is, but whoever wrote it, they were a skilled storyteller, as Ruth has been called by many the most beautiful short story ever written. It all takes place sometime between the 1160 .BC. and 1100 BC, during what was known as the latter period of the judges. One writer describes it as an intrinc- intricately, wo- I can't say that one intrinsically woven, magnificently crafted story. It is the work of a person standing in the midstream of Israelite life and thought a person wishing to communicate to their audience things very close to the heart of the Old Testament. Christopher Ash, writer-in-residence at Tyndale House, Cambridge, writes this, book, uh, writes this about the book of Ruth. There is more to this story than meets the eye. As a diamond gathers and concentrates light from all directions into an intense and radiant beauty, So Ruth displays the wonder of Christ and shines with his beauty. Here the good news of Jesus will be told in terms of emptiness and fullness, famine and plenty, sadness and joy, death and life, and bitterness and hope. All in all, this little book of four chapters is a brilliant work of theological art. There are three main characters in this book. The first one is Naomi the widow. Naomi loses her entire family early in this story, but in spite of all the tragedy Naomi experiences, God's redemptive plan is always at work carefully weaving the way of restoration. Two, and then there's Ruth, the Moabite. Ruth is an outsider, a Moabite, and what's important to know is that Moabites, especially the Moabite women, were deeply despised by the Israelites. But even here, there's another significant piece of God's redemptive plan at work, showing us the true heart of God. Here, through the book of Ruth, we see God's heart for the stranger, the foreigner, the outsider, and the outcast. And in many ways, it's a preview to the gospel and a welcome to the Gentiles, where every tribe and nation is included in God's redemptive purposes. And the third character is Boaz, Boaz the Israelite farmer. Boaz is a no-nonsense man of character. He's principled and responsible. And Boaz is a model of obedience to the Torah. He cares for the poor and the widows in his community by closely following the Levitical laws and leaves work in his fields for those who need to work. And as we see, God uses his integrity to save a widow's family and ultimately pave the way for the coming of Christ. Ruth is a short story with a gigantic message. Again and again, it shows us how God is weaving the unfolding of his promise made in the opening chapters of Genesis that a Messiah would come to bring redemption and salvation to all. And God's story of redemption is being realized and coming to pass through the small and seemingly inconsequential inc- stories of everyday people. And in Ruth, we get to see a glimpse of it all, death, loss, grief, displacement, poverty, family. These remarkable women face the challenge of famine and migration and of being foreigners in a strange land. And while we might think that these things don't have much to do with us today, There are many, many, many across the world whose stories have been touched and are being touched by poverty, by wars or pandemics or cost of living crisis or find themselves displaced as refugees and migrants and on and on. This short story is as relevant to us now as it was back then. Because again and again, through this story, we see God at work in the midst of the difficulties we may be first facing, weaving his story of redemption and salvation in and through it all. The book of Ruth encourages us to view our day to day lives as part of God's bigger plan for our lives, and for our world. And so we have three main characters, and their story is told over four chapters. Chapter one, chapter one opens with this line, in the days when the judges ruled. The days when the judges ruled were between the time of Joshua's death and Saul's coronation as king. But these opening lines set the context and remind us that this, is, this was a very dark and difficult time. In the book of Judges, as it says in Judges 21:25, in those days Israel had no king. And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And because it was such a lawless time, women in particular were in great danger. And we'll come back to the very real challenges of living in such a patriarchal society in a moment. But for now, this is not a good time to be a woman, and especially a vulnerable woman. And as this book of Ruth opens, we get to see the impact of these dark times on this single family. And we meet an Israelite family in Bethlehem, desperately struggling to survive through the famine in search of food. They leave Israel and move on to the land of Moab, Israel's ancient enemy. But while they are there, Naomi's husband, the father of the family, dies, and her two sons marry two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. But then in another tragic twist, both of the sons die too, leaving Naomi and her daughters-in-law as widows. And so in the midst of all this challenge and difficulty, and as is so often the case, everything gets overlaid with grief and loss. Naomi, having lost everything, feels like she has no reason, reason to stay in Moab anymore, and so she tells Ruth and Orpah that she's going back home to Israel. But even though it's her homeland, Naomi knows that her life for an unmarried foreign widow in Israel is going to be very hard for her two daughters-in-law. And so she tries to persuade Ruth and Orpah to stay behind in Moab. And Orpah agrees, but Ruth doesn't. And Ruth shows this incredible loyalty and faithfulness to Naomi, famously saying in Ruth 1.16, But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you. or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And so Ruth and Naomi return to Israel together. And the first chapter comes to an end with Naomi changing her name to Mara, which in Hebrew means means bitter, and she laments the tragedy of her situation. Chapter 2 Chapter two begins with Naomi and Ruth trying to work out what they're going to do to get food. And Ruth, the Moabite, says to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I find favor. And as luck would have it, it just so happens to be the beginning of the barley harvest. And it just so happens that she ends up picking grain in the field of a man named Boaz and who just so happens to be Naomi's relative. We're told that Boaz is a man of noble character, and he notices Ruth. And so after finding out more about her story, Boaz shows remarkable generosity to her. He makes these special provisions so that the immigrant Ruth can gather grain in his field. Ruth 2, 8-9. to nine. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. And in doing this, Boaz is actually obeying an explicit command in the Torah to show generosity to the immigrant and to the poor. And Boaz is so impressed by Ruth's faithfulness, her beauty, her faithfulness to Naomi. I mean, when I read that bit of scripture, I'm just overwhelmed of the words. They're just beautiful. That he prays that God will reward her for her boldness. Ruth 2, 11 to 12. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Anyway, Ruth comes home that day and Naomi finds out that Ruth has met Boaz and she is thrilled. Ruth 2.20, the Lord bless him, she said, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not shown his kindness to the living and the dead, she added. That man is our close relative. He is the one, he is the one of our guardian redeemers. Now this guardian redeemer or kinsman redeemer was a cultural practice in Israel, where if, a man, if the, where if a man in the family died and left behind a wife and children or land, it was a guardian redeemer's responsibility to marry the widow and to take up the land and protect the whole family. And so Naomi begins to hope that perhaps there might still be a future for her family. Chapter three. Chapter three begins with Naomi and Ruth making a plan to get Boaz to notice their situation and to hopefully fulfill his duties as kingsman-redeemer. And the plan is that Ruth will stop wearing the clothes of a grieving widow and and is going to wash, put on perfume, get dressed in her best clothes, and go to him on the threshing floor and sit at his feet. It was basically a ploy to make sure Boaz knows that Ruth is ready and available and willing to be married to him. And so Ruth goes to meet Boaz on the farm that night and she settles herself at his feet as he sleeps. And at some point in the night, Boaz wakes and, and is totally, totally startled to find this young woman lying at his feet. And who wouldn't be? But Ruth makes her intentions very clear. Ruth says this in Ruth 3, verse 9. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Which is kind of code for, will you fulfill your duties as kings redeemer to save Naomi's family from ruin and marry me? Now Boaz is again amazed by Ruth's faithfulness to Naomi and her family and says in verse 10, the Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kingsman is greater than that which you showed earlier. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Chapter 4. In chapter 4, all things come together in terms of, in terms at the last minute, Boaz has discovered that there's a, another family member who is more closely related to Naomi than he is. And so this other man is actually eligible before Boaz to redeem the family. But at the last second, this family member discovers that Ruth com, comes along with the land. And so he has to marry Ruth at the Moabite, which he doesn't want to do. And so he declines. But Boaz knows Ruth's true, true character. And so he acquires the family property of Naomi and marries Ruth. And the story concludes with Ruth marrying Boaz and Naomi's land and family being saved and redeemed and Boaz and Ruth having a child. Now, before we go any further... I am extremely aware of the many challenges and complexities that come up in this book. Clearly, Ruth is a woman of incredible faithfulness, profound love and loyalty, and her wisdom and character are able to bring about resolution to a desperate situation. But it has to be remembered that her actions are only necessary because the men of Bethlehem failed to do their responsibility to treat women in the way that God had intended. Ruth and Naomi very much find themselves deeply embedded in a patriarchal society where their whole well-being is essentially dependent on men and upon those men choose to behave and how men choose to behave. And as we see from the context, the men around them fail miserably. They fail to take the initiative to fulfill God's laws. They fail to care for the widow and the foreigner. They even fail to take the initiative as guardian redeemer. All of the risks, all of the initiative was taken by Ruth to try and make sure she and Naomi were protected by the men around them. The well-being of these women was entirely dependent on men. Boaz, although we don't know if he had entirely pure motives, acts as a man in a way more reflective of a better way. When Ruth arrives in his field, he's not content to see He is not content to see if Ruth can cope with the predatory men around her, nor is he content to wait until something terrible happens to her before acting. He takes the initiative to prevent the men from molesting Ruth. And he not only tells them, but he also tells Ruth that he's done it. Sadly, this narrative is not something from a bygone era and a mere story of the Old Testament. Women across the world today find themselves in exactly the same position as Ruth on a daily basis. Reliant on the conduct of men around them to determine whether or not they feel safe. Reliant on how men choose to behave to see whether they will be treated with dignity and respect, afforded them as made in the image of God. And so, to bring this story, this old story, into the present, where patriarchy is still very much alive and well, it doesn't just fall to women to call out bad behaviour or unequal treatment, it falls to men too. We all need to be working continuously to be playing our part in redeeming the culture we find ourselves in, across our nation, across our city, in our workplaces, in our churches, to be places that reflect the infinite value that Christ places on both women and men. we have a long way to go. You see, in this story, God is at work, as he always is, to bring about his redemptive purposes, working through the very flawed structures and systems put in place by humanity. In spite of those flawed and broken structures, such as we see here with an abusive patriarchy, here in Ruth, we see God's redemptive and salvation coming in spite of the fact that the culture of the time was oppressing and denigrating women. Was that part of God's plan? Was that part of God's original plan? That women should have to rely on the choices of men for their safety and well-being? Of course not. But in Ruth, we see, we see God working through these women to bring about his true purposes and plans. We see God working through Ruth to bring about the fulfillment of his promise of a kinsman redeemer who would save and redeem and restore the entire human race through the life and the death and the resurrection of his son. Jesus Christ is a direct descendant of Ruth and Boaz. And so God weaves together the faithful obedience of his people to bring about his redemptive purposes in the world. And that leads us to the real end of the story. The book of Ruth concludes with a genealogy in chapter four, verse 16, showing how Boaz and Ruth, sons, Obed, was the grandfather of King David for whom came the lineage of the Messiah. And so all of a sudden, everything that's happened in this short book, from the famine and the death and the loyalty and the faithfulness, all of it gets woven into God's great story of redemption for the whole, whole world.